Welcome to House of Hoops, episode 49. It's Monday night, January 18th, 2021. I'm Jeff Hausman with Bo Brady tonight. Thank you for listening. Welcome, Bo. How are you? What's up? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fine, my friend. Doing fine. Uh, folks can reach us on Twitter at House of Hoops. It's H-A-U-S of Hoops. We're also on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. You can call us, leave a voicemail. It's 901 Oh, let's have some fun tonight. Let's talk some hoops. Do it. Big baller Bo. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing doing very well. Big baller, huh? <laughs> uh, how's your week been, buddy? Uh, weekend and week was good. Monday's been good. We were supposed to get a bunch of snow and it turned into kind of rain, wet, heavy snow, and then it has since frozen. And now the sidewalks and streets are pure ice. And we'll stay that way for the next six weeks, probably. <laughs> you got a bunch of groceries? <laughs> no, nah, the main roads are plowed and cleared. Yeah. It's just a mess out there. It's not like here when everything freezes over, the whole world stops. No. We don't have plow machines or like very good ice de-icing systems. I've seen them in Memphis, actually. They're there. They exist. They're there. There's just not enough. When those it, big city of Memphis trucks they have, they can attach a snowplow to those things. Yeah. Well, the whole city pretty much shuts down when it ices over. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. <laughs> and nobody knows how to drive on that shit down here. Everybody gets in wrecks. But whatever. No ice yet this year here. So that's good. That is good. Anything interesting happened to you this week? We got some takeout tonight from a this <laughs> Turkish restaurant. They had good euro of meat and all right, some similar. It was actually really good. I like a good gyro sandwich. 
Yeah, it's, it was good. So, you know, some places here, they're kind of gimmicky. This place was not that. They were just, it was just a, you know, no frills, as they say. Mm-hmm. Euro. It was, it was really good. Yeah. Outside of that, um, no, the kids didn't have school today, and that's about it. How about you? How about your week? Oh, I don't know. A lot of work. A lot of watching basketball. Um, anything interesting? I don't know. I kind of did some reflecting this week. You know, after venting on here last week, I took a minute to kind of do some self-reflection. I think uh, my main stress issues that I've been dealing with is that I'm just kind of letting a very small percentage of my life affect me greatly, which sometimes we tend to do, you know. I just kind of needed to realize that I'm lucky to be working and maybe not let outside influences affect my mental state so much. Try to keep my head, stay calm, be cool, like Fonzie. Like like Fonzie, yes. That sounds good. It makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a struggle, though, to hang on to that position mentally all the time. It can be a real battle within. But uh, I'm trying to do better, you know. I, part of that is going into things with a clear head and being calm and mentally prepared in anything, really, whether you're going into an uncomfortable situation or if you're going into work for the day, you know, it's important to have your mental straightened out, not to be going in already a wreck. You know, I don't like rushing to get places or to work or having something else on my mind that's bothering me. Like you just got to let that shit go. Try to breathe and stay calm, man. You know, (laughs) not let the little things get you. Absolutely. So I worked on that all week, and uh, I didn't have a super stressful week. I mean, sometimes people just push so hard on you, though. Makes it really difficult. But trying to keep that momentum going into this next week, for sure. Let's see. What do you want to talk about? Um, talk about basketball. I do. I did not watch any of the football I, w- I was i saw that i turned on the saints and the buccaneers on in the fourth quarter last night and tom brady apparently had already sealed the game up mm. and it was, that was drew Brees's last game is what they were saying he's retiring i guess so and then why did Jameis winston who is that guy why do i know his name and why did he play one why did he have a touchdown pass in that game what was the deal with that He's the backup quarterback for New, New Orleans. Orleans. And he used and to And how be, do I know his name? His name's familiar. He used to be the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay. It's a little weird thing. A little Was he like a high draft pick or something? Yeah, he was supposed to be the man. He was the dude that went to Florida State and okay. he got in trouble for like allegedly stealing crab legs. Oh, that sounds familiar, yeah. He was kind of getting into trouble. He was a top guy, and he just never really mounted up to what he was supposed to be, you know? Gotcha. I think one year he threw, like, just as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. I don't remember the stat, but it might have been more. Gotcha. So I I didn't really uh, 
watch a whole lot of the game. I was at work that game. I caught the end of it, and at that, by the time I sat down to watch it, it was pretty much already over. Yeah, that's what basically happened to me last night. Yeah. Uh, football, yeah. There were good games. There's still good games yet to be played. Yeah, the Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. Hopefully the Bills can win, even, even if that Mahomes guy's in or out. Yeah, that's the big thing is – Kansas City's future 100% hinges on whether or not Holmes can play next week. I think the Chiefs are confident that he'll play, but they're being like cautiously confident. Right. <laughs> I think they're that whatever the protocol is, they're going to push him through it. He'll play. That's what I think. Right on. Well, that that was kind of my question was who's Jameis Winstead? I couldn't remember who he was. <laughs> And then if Drew Brees was actually retiring. I'm really no expert on the NFL, but I know enough. You know more than I do. I watch, uh, with the NFL, mostly what I watch for is like patterns and for gambling. And I watch for, I guess, I try to find underdogs. I have more fun betting on it than I do like watching all the storylines and stuff. Because you can pick, you can pick games without knowing every player on that roster. What I would say, right? That's some of the stuff. I know enough to get five out of six games right in a parlay. You like those parlays? Hell yeah! Been winning some money lately, but you know we'll talk about some gambling later, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what else this week. What else has been going on? HBO has this new docu-series. It's a two-parter. It's called Tiger. Wow. What a documentary. So you, I assume you watched that? Yeah, I watched it. I watched the first episode a couple times, and then the last one aired last night, so I watched it last night. Um, did I send that to you? You sent me the link, yes. Yeah. Did you watch the trailer or anything? No, I think you sent it to me at a an opportune time, and I never went back to it. You should watch it. You probably still haven't watched The Last Dance, but... No, I tried to watch that. I, I couldn't get into it, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> if I'm going to watch basketball, I want to watch basketball. Yeah. If I'm going to watch something else on TV, I kind of want to watch something else entirely. Well, The Last Dance is more about MJ and who he is and who he was and kind of what was going on. And this is kind of similar. Mm -hmm. The story's not so much about Tiger's accomplishments as it is who he is. It's so intense. I mean, if you like sports at all, this is for you. It's dramatic. It covers Tiger from the very beginning. It covers his father, his mother early girlfriend, mistresses. It's so good, but there's like a darkness to it. The dark side of being Tiger Woods, what that all entails. And then it starts going into when he's like dominating golf. I don't know. I just thought they did a tremendous job with this documentary. I can't get enough of it. I guess it's emotional. It's, uh, it's a lot. 
they cover a lot of stuff. And it's first-person accounts of what was going on during all these different periods in his life. Learning about his father. I mean, just everything, man. It's intense. I didn't realize his father was like a Green Beret in Vietnam. A two-time... He did two tours in Vietnam as a Green Beret. That's crazy. Yeah, and he was like on the demolition crew where he would go in behind enemy lines and like plant explosives and try to take out headquarters and shit. Like he was an intense dude. (laughs) It's really good. I highly recommend it. If you like anything about golf or sports and what goes on mentally with that type of thing, it's very good. So that, I mean, that was kind of like a bright spot on my week for sure was I didn't even know that was coming. I just saw it, and I was like, wait, what is this? I got really into it. Anything like that for you this week, or are you just uh, going through the family life stuff? Nothing that stood out to me that much. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty normal week with everybody home and watched some basketball and started watching season three of Ozark. Ozark. I remember that one. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's kind of over the top. Yeah. I think I saw the first season, and that was kind of it for me. I'll, I'll probably finish it. <laughs> I've already started it, but... <laughs> That's, it's good to have something you can just kind of throw on and watch in your downtime. Yeah. We all need that for at least a couple hours a week, you know? Absolutely. I'd do it. I mean, that was what the Tiger Doc was for me. Yeah. Let's see. What do you want to talk about in basketball? You want to start with some news? Sure. I got a couple things that stood out to me this week that I kind of looked into a little bit. I'll go ahead and start us off with something that's kind of a bummer. Portland Center, Yusuf Nurkic will undergo surgery on his fractured right hand, I guess his wrist, and he's going to miss like eight weeks. Yeah, I saw that he broke his wrist and then he's going to have surgery, yes. Yeah, he's going to miss like 25 games at least, maybe more. It's hard to say because the second half of the schedule is not made. How many games? Who knows? But that's a big chunk, and he is a valuable piece, in my opinion, to that team. Ennis Cantor stepped up so far as much as he can. He's played well. Uh, Harry Giles is getting some minutes finally, but I don't know what it is with Giles. He hasn't been what I thought he could be this season. I'm not sure. I thought him and Dame would be perfect together. Sometimes Giles looks a little lost out there, a little slow. I don't know. He's got to get his game right. I don't know what's going on with him. You know, it's a bummer for the Blazers. They should, especially with the play-in, I don't think it's going to impact their ability to make the playoffs. Yeah, They should still be a top 10 10 team in the West, and if not better than that top eight. But it's a bummer. You like to see see teams healthy and guys out there, especially when people are missing games for, you know, not being injured this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, McCollum's been kind of in and out of the rotation too. I think he's battling some injuries. 
It's been Dame time, as far as I can tell. He's out there just doing it all. And that Derek Jones Jr., he's been good, too. He's stepped up. Kid from Miami last year. Mm-hmm. He's a freak. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, they signed him. Yeah, he's been good. I like him. What else you got? What else did you see? Well, the the big news of the week was the James Harden trade. Ah, yes, the Harden trade. Is that Wednesday, right? I believe so. Five days ago, yeah. You want to go in depth on that? You know, I think Houston had to trade him, and they did pretty good, I guess. I don't know. This, we'll see how those picks turn out. I thought it was interesting that the Rockets were involved with so many other teams for the trade. It was, I think they were using the other teams as leverage. I think the deal was probably with Brooklyn the whole time. That's what I think. Probably, but you have to, I don't know, Philly, okay. you know, you got to beat, Philly's got to get their offer beat. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they can go back to Brooklyn and say, well, they're offering us this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I broke it down a little bit. It looks like Houston made out pretty well. The Nets got what they wanted, a big three. That makes them an instant legitimate contender, you know, if this Kyrie thing settles down and he starts playing again, which I think that's going to happen eventually, right? You would think, yeah. Yeah. Well, I also wonder if the Kyrie thing wasn't, you know, he did did this to create leverage Mm -hmm. somehow. It's like 70 chess Kyrie's playing. Maybe he was, who was he working though? With the Nets? He was trying to force them to make a trade to get better? What was he doing? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I I had made a point in my head and now I, I don't think I can make it again. Uh, yeah, I usually have to write those down or I, or I lose them forever. Let's see. I can break down the trade a little bit. It was was a four-team deal. The Nets got Harden. That's easy. I don't think they really got anything else. Houston got Dante Exum, some dude I've never heard of. I can't even say his name. Four first-round picks. Four Nets pick swaps, meaning they can switch picks at opportune times. And they got Victor Oladipo. There was a lot of question in the air because uh, the Pacers ended up getting Karis LeVert and a second-round pick, but there's some questions with Karis LeVert. They found during his physical, like, a mass. A mass on his his left kidney. So so they're going to do, if they haven't already, do a kidney biopsy on that mass and then kind of go from there. Yeah, that's scary stuff, man. Yeah, my dad at one point brought home a uh, a biopsy tool, and we were we were doing it on a watermelon. <laughs> the way it works, you know, do you have any idea how a biopsy works? I'm, I mean, I presume you have a general idea, but Who, this me? is like, no. yeah. So it's this like gun. It just looks like this plastic bedazzle gun, kind of, and it's got this long. There's different gauges, obviously, depending on what you're going to biopsy. And it's got this long metal tube on it with a sharp thing on the end. You stick the tube 
usually you use imaging, so you have an ultrasound. You stick the tube where you need to stick it and the metal into the into the the body, and then you like punk push to pull the trigger and you take a sample of the tissue it just like punches it and pulls it retracts it pulls it back in uh, and they take that tissue sample to the lab and they pull it and they then you then again pull the trigger and it like squeezes out like a you know whatever piece of tissue you got in this like small tube so we we're doing that with watermelon and tomatoes yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. but uh you know in the kidney obviously that filters all your blood so that's a that is a tricky thing to biopsy because it's full of blood. Mm. I mean, it's a low risk procedure, but still it's, it's, it's not pleasant. Well, I guess it's best that they caught it now and hell, if he doesn't get traded, who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes you think about like Brandon Ingram when he was having those blood clot issues and Mm -hmm. whatnot. And, you know, you think about Chris Bosch's career's over. Mm -hmm. So you hope, you hope the best for Levert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good player. Hope he makes a full recovery, man. It would suck for his career to get cut short or for something even worse to happen. Yeah. Cavs got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. All right, Cavs got another big man to add to the rotation. Yeah, they gave up that Milwaukee pick to get that, which I thought was interesting that they were essentially able to get – Jared Allen, Jared Allen for a late first round pick. I feel like he's better than that. He might be. I don't know. He's but you really would trade sh- if you were if you were a team and you had the Milwaukee pick, you would trade that Milwaukee pick for Jared Allen without thinking. Yeah, I guess he's never really stood out to me. I think the people in Brooklyn really liked him, the fans. But to me, I don't know been kind of a rough start for him it seems like mm-hmm. what are the Cavs thinking though i don't understand they're just they're asset not, accumulation i guess yeah I don't know. that's what i would think yeah i was gonna say something like that <laughs> 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 yeah houston scored big time I, that was this first four first round picks and the swaps oladipo pacers oh karis lavert on that Pacers team is awesome. I know. I hope that works I agree out completely. For them. Yeah, I hope that works out for them. Man, he just adds a real scoring punch to that team if that works. Oh, okay. Any other thoughts on the trade? Who do you think? Uh, do you think everybody? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think Houston did pretty good. You know, I don't know if those Nets picks will end up being any good. You just assume. In the next five years, or some some variant thereof, that one or more of those picks will end up being decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like when the Nets made that Kevin Garnett trade mm-hmm. with the Celtics that you know those guys were at the end of their careers, yeah. and Danny Ainge appeared to kind of fleece those guys. This doesn't quite seem like that. James Harden should have three or four more good years in him. Same with Durant and, you know, Kyrie. You know, I don't know what to say about Kyrie, whatever. The Nets, it'll be interesting to watch over the next three or four years to see if they win or if they all split up. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. They keep it together if they blow it up or if the guys all decide they want out like they've all done to other teams. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Like th- you got three guys on one team that have all basically demanded their way out of another team. It's like, yeah, you think that's going to happen again? Probably, I would say. If it just doesn't work right away, you know, how many years are these guys going to be willing to stick it out? Mm-hmm. We'll see. I know. It doesn't seem like anybody anymore wants to stick it out. Mm-hmm. Except for Giannis. <laughs> he signed the, su- the Super Duper Max. <laughs> I guess I'll take $50 million a year. I guess, yeah. Brooklyn beat them tonight. Brooklyn. I saw that. I didn't get to watch it. I saw that. I saw that Brooklyn was an underdog yesterday, and I loaded up the money line on Brooklyn. I felt like it was a statement game. You're playing the number one team. You know what you would think the number one team would be in the East, and you consider yourself the best team in the East. I felt like this was going to be a good game, and apparently it was. I was just looking at Twitter, and every I didn't watch it because I was getting ready for the podcast, but everybody was ranting and raving about the game tonight and i kind of wish i'd watched it i'll probably go back and rewatch it maybe tomorrow while i'm trying to get this podcast together or maybe i'll put it on and watch it sounds like it was a good one and brooklyn won it's awesome i like when those things work out and we make money we yeah we i guess you have listeners gambling with you it's possible I just saw it as like a statement game. Like something you can look at when they see each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you can say, well, Brooklyn won the last game between these two in the James Harden net era. Yeah. All right. Uh, One other piece of news that I saw interesting to me was the league is tightening up the NBA COVID protocols. They're tightening it up. If a player misses a game for COVID-19 for a violation, they're going to lose one seventy-second of their salary, according to these league rules. The new protocols will now ban NBA players from leaving their hotel when they're on the road. That's interesting. And they're also not going to be able to interact with non-team guests at the hotel. I wonder what that means. Who who would be visiting? <laughs> um, I think that a lot of guys are probably still going to do non-team guests at the hotel, but they're going to have to be a little quieter about it. If somebody's just blatantly breaking the rules, then the team and the league are going to have to step in, and I guess some fines are going to have to be sent out. Does every player have a security guard at their door? How do they keep up with that? I, that's, <laughs> I don't know. Let's get Adam Silver on the line and ask him. <laughs> it's the honor system. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, when at home, the players are going to be forced to remain at their residence. And then they can only leave for essential. Yeah. Team-related activities at the team facility or arena. Also, players are now required to wear face masks on the bench at all times. I've seen a lot of noses hanging out already. Like, what's oh, absolutely, the fucking yeah. point? What are y'all doing? I don't get it. Like, Just put it on. Coaches and team staff must wear masks at all times during games. For at least the next two weeks, they're saying. Any pregame meetings in the locker room are limited to no more than 10 minutes. 
and duration. So that's, I guess, just to keep down on contact. Yeah, I mean, the mask thing, that's going to be tough. These guys are all trying to yell at each other and shit. What? Yeah, they're going to, they're just, they're going to do their best on that. They can't, (laughs) you know, sit LeBron James out of game because he had the, the chin diaper on. At least the NBA is trying. I will say that. Yeah. They had to do something. They got to make it aware to the players and the teams that this is serious and we need to take more precautions. And I guess this is their way of saying, look, y'all are really fucking with this shit. <laughs> like all the game postponements that's been going on, so many. Bo, I think I found a solution to that, though. All right, let's hear it. All right. So last week I was like, what do you do? Last week we were talking about, like, there's no there's no solution to this. They got to get the G League going. Okay. If the G League is, in fact, a bubble like they say they're going to do, then you have to mm-hmm. – I think it's safe to assume they haven't been in contact with COVID at all because the bubble worked so well last year for the NBA. So if they can do the same thing with the G League and keep it sterile and COVID-free – then I want to see private jets on standby in Orlando. I want to see the jets flying G League players out of Orlando in the mornings when contact tracing has teams limited and on the verge of postponement. So you take them straight from the bubble on a private jet, straight to the, where the team is. No quarantine necessary because they've been in the bubble. I think this could help slow down the game postponements. If you can fly four guys out of Orlando, I mean, they got them lined up, ready to go, 24 hours, these jets just ready to go and take the players to the teams. And you allow a couple more, so you got like four players you can call up at any time. I think that Mm -hmm. could keep the games going. I think so. But So I I don't know enough about the G League bubble to critique your plan, but I'm assuming – every team's got guys down the bubble. So the Grizzlies have their guys down the bubble running their system. So the Grizzlies could pull up, mm-hmm. you know, th- three guys that know their, their sets. And the same goes for the Lakers and the Utah jazz, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, like for the Timberwolves, it doesn't matter because they don't run any plays. They're just a bunch of idiots out there. <laughs> so, so they can just get whoever they want. And same with, uh, I'd say same with the OKC, but, OKC knows what they're doing. Yeah, OKC's looked okay. I know. They have good. <laughs> <laughs> Every team is weirdly okay. Like, what's the one team? Is it Detroit the, and Minnesota? The Wolves. Well, and this is this is kind of piggybacking on what you're talking about with, with news and COVID. Yeah, Carl Towns did test positive for COVID. That's pretty big news. Yeah. Um, and you know, seeing that his his mom died of COVID, I think he lost like five or six family other family members to COVID this year too. It's a tough spot. Brutal. I guess I'll lay off the Carl Anthony Towns slander for a little bit. Yeah, I think right now is not the time to to yeah. pile on Towns. No, nah, he's having a rough go at it. That's a tough spot for him and his family for sure. Yeah, absolutely, it is. I hope he's all right. I mean. This is the worst case scenario. Somebody has a major issue with COVID that's caught it because they were playing basketball for the NBA. Like that's an NBA nightmare. 
Like say well, something like, terrible does happen. Like that's I and think, keeping it close to home with this discussion. Like if a guy like Towns, like his career is altered because of COVID, like that would set the Timberwolves back so far yeah. as a franchise. Not that they're already not set back because they're the Timberwolves, but no, you're not wrong. I mean, they'd have to look at some kind of uh, injury exemption or on a salary just to get back. It wouldn't, to but it wouldn't matter. I mean, no one's gonna come play here. Who, who wants to fucking live here in this? Eternal ice pit. You had Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'm at I'm going to Miami. Fuck this shit. <laughs> he went to Philly. <laughs> it's even colder, probably. Not colder, but it's damn cold. Think about New York City. New York City's not that cold. Same region. No, you're right. Yeah, so let's get that G League bubble going. Yeah, I like it. What are you guys waiting on? You're gonna wait until all the fans have lost interest whatsoever because they don't know even if their team is playing hurry it up let's see what else do you want to talk about Bo what else in the NBA the Grizzlies looked good again and again with John Morant mm-hmm. they beat your Minnesota Timberwolves this week that was easy many was favored as much as two and a half points from what I saw they were scheduled to play Friday, but that game was canceled because the Timberwolves didn't have enough players. Oh, yeah. I think that was John Morant was going to play in that game. And based on his um, Twitter comments, mm. you know, expand the roster is what he said. So it sounded like John wanted to play and was going to play. <laughs> yeah, Grizzlies are rolling right now. What's the streak up to, five? I think it is five, yeah. Holy shit. They're just winning John's been, John's been back for two. Yeah, go Grizz. They haven't lost since... The last time they played Phoenix, I think. And then they beat Phoenix tonight. Ayo, MLK game. I know they did beat Phoenix. It was awesome. I, di- I didn't watch it. I listened to the last bit of the game on the radio while I was running an errand. I don't know when the last time they lost was. Well, it looks like Xavier Tillman's a basketball player. It looks like Desmond Bain continues to be a basketball player. You know, that's a good thing when you can't remember the last time your team lost. You think that they're good players or you think the coach is good or a little bit of both? I think he's using them right. I think they're decent players, but they're playing there. He's using them to their strengths. Yeah. Um, And well, it doesn't hurt having Ja because I feel like you can just kind of ad lib with him out there mm -hmm. a little bit. You can have your defense and they're being the Grizz are like killing it on defense. Mm -hmm. So if you you can kind of ad lib on offense, guys know what they're, where they're, where they're supposed to be. And Ja just kind of does it. And the other thing about the Grizzlies' offense is they have, you know, that Tyus Jones signing seemed somewhat, you know, not like a no-brainer at the time, I would say. But now it's when Ja's out or when Ja goes out of the game and you have Tyus Jones, the offense is not stressed. Yeah. For years. Like it has been in the past. When yeah. you bring in the backup point guard, it's like, oh my gosh, what is, you know, insert backup point guard going to do here? Jared Bayless. Bayless was good, but he he <laughs> he's more of a mid-range. He's a bucket getter. We've had questionable backup point guards for a long time. Yeah. It was always kind of like a thrown-together thing. But Tyus is great backup, man. He's, he's so efficient. And he doesn't turn the ball over. And he doesn't mind being a backup. He's happy with it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's completely content being a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. 
He's not going to complain one bit about it. No, it's great. It's a great fit. Tyus, I mean, I like Tyus when he was up there in Minnesota for sure. Yeah. I think they f- fucked up letting him go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were kind of in a weird transition with their front office too. So I feel like yeah. when that's the case, you can kind of poach guys. Yeah. But also, I feel like San Antonio should have kept slow-mo. Yeah, that was another free agency thing. Yeah. Well, it was a restricted free agent. Uh-huh. When Jaw was out, I was I'd put the Grizz on. I'd just settle in and be like, I want to watch Kyle Anderson do his thing. Yeah, he's been fun. It's the, it's the truth. And what's cool about Kyle Anderson was he runs the break. He will look for Brandon Clark or Jaw mm-hmm. for those lobs. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's a good all around player. He is a glue player. Would you say? Yeah. He's they need a whole G League of that guy. So like when the, there's a team <laughs> there's a team that's out, you just send four Kyle Andersons. <laughs> call up the Kyles. Uh, do we have a go. do we have like a Kyle Anderson in the G League that we can call? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the the guy that flies the plane is Kyle Anderson too. <laughs> Malkovich Malkovich. Exactly. <laughs> I like it, Bo. You think you're onto something with all the Kyle Andersons? Every team could use Kyle Anderson. Yeah, go Grizz. Except the Wolves wouldn't know what to do with him. No, the Wolves would play him ten minutes a game. They played Jake Lehman over him. I think a lot of what Kyle Anderson is, what we're seeing from him, is him just being healthy again. Yeah, yeah. I think he had like a bad shoulder. He had that thoracic outlet surgery where they re- removed a rib. Mm. Yeah, so I think uh, I think we're just seeing him healthy again. Yeah, he, this is the guy that we signed. Maybe some of this stuff was why the Spurs didn't match the offer. They knew it was going to be kind of a process with him. It's going to take some time. I don't know. Hard to say what they knew and what their motives were. For, it is really hard to say because they don't ever make trades or do anything big or talk. You're not going to get Pop it out. It, of Pop. Except Pop, Pop will get out. And, let you know how he feels politically, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. No, I love it. Especially being down in Texas, too. I'm sure it pisses people off. It's great. <laughs> Probably. He goes against a lot of Tex- well, what's interesting, Texas morals. <laughs> what's interesting is Not the Benson every- family in New Orleans owns the Pelicans. And they are, I mean, none of these billionaires are social justice, right. you know, I, you know and you got Stan Van Gundy down in New Orleans who's like his Twitter account is I haven't really paid attention but previous to him getting hired he was just like he might as well have been some some left some <laughs> left leaning anchor for CNN I mean he, he which I thought was awesome I mean every everything Stan says politically I tend to agree with now, one thing I will say, just because a region is a stereotype about something, that doesn't mean that all the people think that way. No, no. New Orleans is much like Memphis in that. It's the, very diverse. The, it's, well, there's a lot of people that that are super liberal in Memphis, and there's a lot of people in New Orleans that are super liberal, but you also have a lot of people in high-powered jobs and in politics in New Memphis and New Orleans that are not super liberal. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have an interesting. The South is, the South is interesting, in that the majority 
is liberal, the minority with the largest voice is not. So, mm-hmm. anyhow, getting on, getting on a tangent here. But. No, it makes sense. You can say whatever you want, Bo. I do not care. Speak your mind, my friend. Speak your Speaking. mind. Now it's time for our pick game of the week recap. The game was Thursday night. It was the Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. So this game was in Denver. It was on TNT. It was Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller on the call. I don't know how you feel about those guys, Bo, but they seem to do a pretty good job. Yeah, I used to like Reggie, you know. He's kind of gotten a little... He's not my favorite. Yeah. Kevin Harlan's fine. I think I think he does, like you said, I think he does a good job. Sometimes Reggie says, like, really profound shit, and I, I'm like, oh... You're right, Reggie. Like that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about. But sometimes he doesn't really like watch the game or really break it down an- analytically. I don't know. And he's always talking about three pointers. <laughs> he's obsessed. Yeah, in that game he was worried about um Steph catching him. Yeah, he's like, I want to be in the building when Steph passes me. And it's like, dude, it's not about you. <laughs> I don't know. Reggie's goofy. He's a character, you know? That is. Bowl Bowl started the game. I noticed that. They started the like big dudes. Yeah. I guess Porter Jr. Yeah. is still out. He was all yeah. right. Yeah, he looked I mean he looked good. He did he looked good at times and he also looked like he still didn't know what his body was want, wanting to do. Yeah, Mike Malone's been kind of tinkering with his rotations, I think. Right away in the game, Curry's hitting threes. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. Paul Millsaps hitting threes. <laughs> it was a pretty fast start. Kind of got going fast. Fun to watch when it's moving like that. Since when is it called the Ball Arena in Denver? Wasn't that like the Pepsi Center or something? Yeah, it was a Pepsi Center. It actually had opened right after I had started going to college in Denver. And... It, uh, you know, I, I I read, I don't know why Pepsi dropped a sponsorship, but Ball picked it up. And Ball makes, traditionally they make just jars that that we use. And, you know, when you make homemade salsa, for instance, you would use a Ball jar. Oh. But they've, you know, obviously businesses, you evolve as a business. And so they started making cans. So if you pick up your beer can, which I'm doing right now, and I'm going to have to go get another beer after this. This beer is a ball can. Hmm. To me, I don't know this. This is me just spitballing, but the craft beer industry is big in Colorado, and that I think ball has always been based in Colorado. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure they have been. Oh, okay. So I think that they saw that, that they could grab that market share, and they did. And yeah, I don't know who does the Budweiser cans. I'm sure you got a Budweiser can in your podcast studio right now. Pick it up and have a look. I'm all out of Budweiser's, man. Oh, man. I got no beer. I got All I have left is this whiskey. Man. Anyhow, if you look at Ball, I think they're that's a big company. They're worth a lot of money. They're publicly traded at like $50 a share. Hmm. Congratulations to Ball Corporation for uh, back in the NBA. That's cool. You know, Pepsi's kind of one of those products that you or I or anyone will will buy 
you know, just kind of haphazardly. I go for that Mountain Dew. Yeah, or whatever. And like ball, it's not like, yeah, you know, I do need to make some homemade salsa this weekend. So I'm going to go buy a case of ball jars. <laughs> you know, you're going to buy beer or whatever seltzer or whatever you, you drink anyway. You're not going to, well, this one wasn't made with ball and I just went to the ball center. So <laughs> uh, yeah. are these ball cans? Excuse me, miss. <laughs> this is not ball. So I don't quite. I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't understand their business enough to really talk yeah. about it. But I, I don't know. I never noticed it till it's interesting Thursday. Well, all right. Denver scored thirty-seven points in the first quarter. Oh yeah, basketball. That's a lot of points. Oh, watching the game, it got me thinking. I think the Warriors need another Steph Curry out there. Warriors need yeah, the, or like a tall Steph Curry that plays defense. Yeah, they just need more of him. Their yeah. offensive problems. I mean, they, their passes looked late a lot of times. I don't know if the Warriors are still trying to get their timing, learning how to play together, cohesiveness. But I just I saw like plays plays developing too slowly. Um, Guys are in position and they're not getting the ball, and the ball comes and defense is right there, ready for it because it's late. I saw a lot of turnovers from the Warriors, translating to easy baskets for Denver. I saw a lot of that. Kerr at the break, quarter break, said the Warriors had no emotion, energy, or physicality. Yikes. That's not what you want your coach saying. No, it's not. The second quarter, we saw a lot of, lot of reserve players coming in. Who is this? Uh, Composo, Composo. He played for Real Madrid last year. Uh, I think he's twenty nine, thirty. He's a little guy, like five ten, five eleven. He looks tiny he's, out there. If you've watched some of his early highlights from this year, or look up some of his highlights from the Euro League, he's just an exceptional passer and playmaker, and he's just tough. I can see that. I saw a little bit of that. I've always wanted to go to a EuroLeague game. You know, like if you go to a EuroLeague game and he happens to be the point guard, you'd be very happy watching that game. At least I would. I'd be super stoked to see a guy like that be the lead ball handler and play a bunch of minutes and make some ridiculous passes. Where's he from? Does he know Jokic? Like, what's the? He's Ar- he's Argentinian. Oh, okay. So no. So he knows Jokic. He's on the, they're on the same team. Like I have friends that are from Argentina. I know them, but I'm not from there. Okay, how's that possible? <laughs> how's what possible? <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like this uh, Compazzo, he gets about 12 minutes a game on average, looks like. I was looking at his box scores just to see if he was, you know, what he was doing. See, some games where he gets 30 minutes, some games he gets two minutes. Looks like he's averaging about 12. And that was just a rough, like, guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Does, can he shoot? He's a playmaker for sure. Uh, he's not like lighting it up. No. But I think he can shoot. They went one for three in the game. He had like four fouls in 12 minutes. That's a lot. He's a rook. Yeah, he is a rookie. Then you could compare his rookie season to like Juan Carlos Navarro. They're about the same size. Play different position and different players. But, you know, had they have come into the league, I think you think Navarro would have been. He would have had a season or four or five where he was super efficient and a good player. 
And I think if, you know, if Campazos stays healthy and stays in the league for two or three more years, like his third year in the league, which would be his like final peak ish season, he should be good, a good backup. I read somewhere Navarro was kind of upset with the Grizzlies by the time his tenure had ended. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was Michael Heisley and Chris Wallace, you know, bringing in those high school athlete types. Apparently what I read was Navarro was, he wanted to be like a playmaker. He wanted to be more of what they allowed him to be. Hmm. What they wanted from him was just to stand on the three-point line and just shoot threes. And that's basically what he did. I mean, they had the whole campaign. The Navarro, the, the Navarro bomb. Like, you dropped a bomb on me shit. La, La Bamba, La yeah. La Bamba, yeah. Like, they had the whole campaign, and it, they were really pushing him in the games to just shoot threes. And I think he saw, I'd be willing to bet he saw himself as more than just a fucking three-point shooter. And he probably was. Mm-hmm. It left a bad taste in his mouth. Let's see. Yeah, so he's a rookie, Capazzo. He's a 29-year-old rookie. So, yeah, he probably does have like three or four years in him. Yeah. We'll see. I'll keep an eye on him. I'm interested. Little Argentina guy running around the court. He's going to have to figure out how to get these fouls down, though. Yesterday they played, and he had five fouls in 11 minutes. Hey, what are you doing? Playing tough defense. He's just getting called for fouls, maybe. Hand checking. Lots of new guys on Denver, not just him. I think losing Jeremiah Grant was big for them. They're trying to fill that gap, fill that fill yeah. holes. Yeah. Will Barton's back. I don't think he's 100% himself yet, but he's back playing ball. About halfway through the second quarter, the starters were kind of coming back into the game. Jokic was playing really physical with James Wiseman. Did you see any of this? Yeah. That matchup, Draymond wasn't going to play Jokic. They put Wiseman on him pretty much the whole game. It looked like Wiseman was going to feel this one the next day. He was getting manhandled by Jokic. And I I even saw, like, Pascal for the Warriors kind of getting physical with Jokic. It looked like he was trying to give him a taste of his own medicine, kind of getting back at him. Mm-hmm. The inside battles were pretty fun to watch. Wiseman, I don't think he was ready for Jokic. <laughs> I don't think he's ready for a lot of centers, but certainly not the what I would say one, a best center in the league, maybe. After Pascal started getting a little physical with Jokic, it looked like he kind of cooled off a little bit on beating up on Wiseman. I mean, he was throwing low elbows on him. He was pushing him around. He was he was doing whatever he wanted while Wiseman was in there. Uh, the refs, I noticed, kind of started using their whistles a little bit towards the end of the second quarter. Jokic all of a sudden racked up three fouls and was sat on the bench. And I think a lot of that was the refs trying to get control of what was going on down there in the paint. Uh, at halftime, it was 54-65, Denver's lead. Denver pretty much led the whole game. This wasn't, they did. It wasn't really like a close game. It was fun to watch if you're looking for stuff, but not really the greatest mm-hmm. game in the world to watch. I mean, watching Wiseman get his butt kicked out there was pretty interesting. I think it was a good learning experience for him. He just ain't ready for 
Jokic level competition. No, and I you know I noticed I, I don't know what part of the game it was, but Wiseman had a dunk, and he kind of had this like side smile. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like happy to have a, a big dunk in the NBA. I just, and I, I just remember thinking, dude, y'all are losing. Like you're getting your butt kicked. Yeah, and you're out here like yeah. happy about it. A dunk, like, like a who personal, are you? A personal uh, achievement. Yeah. His confidence didn't look great, Wiseman. And then that huge dunk, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere early in the third quarter. Well, and I don't know if that's an indictment on on Wiseman necessarily or if it's just that that's who they are. And Steve Kerr has told, told them, like, hey, I want you guys to, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see what you can do, get, see what James can do and – well, I think Kerr wants to see them playing with energy and playing kind of loose and having fun out there. Yeah. Like, yeah, he wants to win, but those things kind of go hand in hand. If you're playing loose and free and you're playing with high energy and you're getting easy baskets like that, like mm-hmm. that's what Kerr wants to see. So, yeah, th- he probably is, like, getting it in his ear from somebody like, hey, man, like, stop getting down on yourself. Jokic is beating the shit out of you. <laughs> Go out there and create something. Make a play. Do something to get the team energy up. Get your own level up to where it can be. Like, I'm sure they know what he's, you know, they have an idea what he's capable of. Right. He's not producing it yet. That kid's 19. In the game, it was a lot of Curry keeping Golden State in the game. Curry's just. Out there, just making these incredible shots, shooting threes, keep scoring in bunches. But Denver closed the third quarter on an 11-2 run, and they were up 14 after three. Golden State never really recovered from that. They were they were in control the whole game. They just closed it out like veterans. Denver did go on to win the game. 114 to 104, 10 points. To me, Bo, it was all about the first quarter. Golden State scored 24, Denver had 37. That's 13 points right there off from the start. Yeah, and for a team like the Warriors, if they're down at that, that much that early, it can be demoralizing. Yeah, Golden State did win the fourth quarter, but... The rest were pretty tight. I mean, 30, 28, 22, 25, those were the second and third quarters. It was They just never really got it back after that first quarter. So I, I, was, I think that was just Denver coming out hot as shit. Yeah. Kicked them and in the Denver's, teeth. Denver's bench was – I'll have to go back and look at the box score, but if I remember, Denver's bench was smoking. I'm like, Jermichael Green had a great game. Mm-hmm. Off the bench. 15 off the bench. P.J. Dozer. And then that Monte Morris guy. Yeah. Guard. There it is, yeah. He was good uh, in the bubble. A couple of games, anyway. But, yeah, I don't know. What else, Bo? We kind of talked about Wiseman. He looks good, kind of like Aiden does. (laughs) And then uh, I like my favorite part about the TNT broadcast was they're – they were talking about the Warriors are just raving about Andrew Wiggins' defense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uses his length. 
he can be a good defensive player. He's not a number one pick, but he's not worth his contract, I guess. Yeah. Oh, for four from three. And Kelly Oubre just continues to jack up threes. He shot 37%, oh, yeah. but three of eight. Like he had to put up eight to get 37%. Oubre, they're just trying, like they're forcing him to be Clay Thompson. Oh, that's all I got. They don't have anybody else. I do like his energy on defense, though, Oubre. He looks good on defense. He's a fighter. I just don't think he's meant to sit on the three-point line and jack him, though. I think he's best served slashing through the lane. Him and Wiggins. Just take it to the hole, dude. They're not using Bazemore very much, either. He's only had 10 minutes in the game. I don't think Bazemore's very good. Has he, fall- has he fallen off? He only got it two- would appear. Yeah. He only got two shots off. Made one of them. Was a three. I don't know. He had two steals. Ten minutes. I don't know. I like Bazemore. Wasn't he like a coveted guy at one point when he played for the Hawks or something? Well, there's like a Portland thing with the offer sheet or something. I don't know. I think, you know, I thought he was the next, not the next three. You know, he's like a Gary Harris kind of good. I mean, what did... Oh, he did not play in this game personal. I don't even know what's going on with him. I don't know. It says yeah. personal. We it might not even be out there what it is. We could go. We could go pull up his Twitter feed, see what he's been doing. Go find him on Instagram, Bo. He's blocked on Twitter. He's a they deactivated his account. He's a QAnon supporter. Oh, no, I'm kidding. It he was does a joke. Have, he does have personal that, issues. <laughs> that was a joke. Gary Harris <laughs> is not. That was a, a joke. <laughs> He does not have anything to do with QAnon. and if he does, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Which I don't think I don't think he does. Let's see. Look at you, Gary. Just throwing this fucking. Oh, he just shit had a look. There. Look at his. It looks like his profile picture. He's got a kid, a little kid. Oh yeah. Okay. It's not new. Not newborn. That's like a four-month-old kid. Right. Anyway, whatever. Where's he been? What's he doing? <laughs> Let's see. Anything else on the pick game, Bo? No, I don't, not that I, yeah. not that I can actually think of. I don't think there's anything else really to say about it. The Denver controlled the whole game, and then Denver goes out and like I don't, I can't. The Denver, they seem so competent some nights, and then just totally off on other nights. They're a hard team to read night right now. They're sub five hundred, if I remember right. Should we move along? What else sure. do you want to talk about, Bo? What else is on your mind? I don't know. You know, I'm kind of anxious about all the crazies that still think Trump should Trump on the election and all the disinformation out there. You know, that sort of stuff makes me a little uneasy. You know, we don't know what, what's to come, if anything's to come of anything. You know, it's always like a black cloud hanging out there that, you know, something something crazy could happen. Yeah, I understand that. Don't let politics be your personality. Oh, it's definitely not. You know, there's more to life. I'm well aware of that, but... Good. Some people just get obsessed with it. I'm not obsessed. No. Uh, It's just... I just feel like it's... These days, it's right in front of your face, whether you want it to be or not. And it's... it's, I don't know know if it's probably... It's probably not that important, but it just seems like it's pretty important. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like a lot of it's out of my fucking hands, you know? Yeah. 
Like I, I hear you. Kind of like what you said at the beginning of the show. Yeah. It's like, what can I, what can I control? I can control how I handle it mentally on my own. That's about all I got. You know, can I let everybody that says something I find off-putting about that situation, can I let that bother me? I don't think I can. I think I have to try very hard not to. Yeah. Really keep that frame of mind. Or I'm not going to let you fuck me up. You ain't going to get the best of me now. It's positive mentality. We're trying. These days, you got to put more effort into just having a positive outlook on the day than maybe you would have had to in the past. Have a hams. Have a hams on me. They're pretty good. I think thirteen fifty a thirty pack. What? Yeah. They're thirty cents a beer. Well you gotta add in tax. They're probably like let's just say fifteen. Hmm. Hot damn. That's pretty good. You can drink. Yeah, my dad. As my dad's a big, big, big fan of the hams. Yeah, you can drink as many as you want, and not feel bad about how much money you wasted on it, or spent on it. But fifty cents a beer. Yeah, and actually, they're like like four percent alcohol or something ridiculous. You can drink like a hundred in one night, and you not really sweat how much money you had to spend on it. Yeah, you can drink thirty in one night. Sure, as many as it's you cheaper want. Cheaper than cheaper than going to. Uh, I don't know, Chick-fil-A. How's that Chick-fil-A doing at Poplar and uh Dude, I'll tell you Mendenhall, what. Mendenhall, that is always out in the traffic, isn't it? I'll tell you what, man, don't go anywhere near that area unless you have to. <laughs> Dude, I I avoid Poplar just to get around East Memphis. I'm like, I'll cross it's over so, it. It's so it's so bad. I'll cross over it. That's about it. <laughs> Street's a nightmare. It's like that people think it's Sam Cooper out there. <laughs> Hauling ass down the gutter lane. The right the right the right lane with all the the drain ditches or whatever those are, the sewer grates. Their cars coming in and out of their lanes, going up on curbs. I try to take like the least stressful approach to driving around this town, and usually that does not involve Poplar Avenue. Should we move on? Sure. All right. So what we need to do before anything else happens, we need to pick our pick game for week five in the NBA. I I scanned over the schedule. I picked out about six games. I'm interested to hear if you see any games right off the bat. And if I have those, then we can kind of go from there. All right, so are we going to pick any games from tonight or no? I started with Wednesday games. Okay, I was kidding. About that. The games that are over? Are you talking about like the Lakers game? Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) The Grizzlies game from tonight? I know you're kidding. The uh, (laughs) uh, We're not going to watch this one, but the Nuggets Thunder is interesting. At at least from a gambling perspective, the Nuggets are favored by nine and a half. Um, anyhow, let's see. Hmm. Wednesday. If the Pacers had Karis LeVert, I'd love to watch that game. Mm-hmm. If when he plays his first game back, we're watching that one. Damn it. I want to see that. 
but he might. Someone made the, I forgot who made the point. Maybe it was Kevin O'Connor. He felt like Levert's game is kind of like Oladipo's game. Right. And that Levert's under contract and fits what they're going to do. And I just felt like that was a good mood for the Pacers. Hopefully he'll get back out there soon. Yeah. And also, who knows what kind of playing time he's going to get for how long. Well, if they, you know, it depends on what's wrong with them. If they do a biopsy and it's benign and they don't have to take it out, you know, who the fuck knows? If he loses a kidney, it's a different story. Uh, Anyway. Yep. Celtics 76ers. That's interesting. You know which one I like. The Magic Timberwolves. That's what you like. Negative. On Wednesday? On Wednesday, your game would be... I don't know. Memphis at Portland. I'm sorry. No. Oh, well, I, I, was, I would have maybe guessed that, but I don't always guess the Grizzlies. Yeah. That's the bubble matchup. That's a good game, and Jaws back, and the Grizzlies are playing good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that would be a good one. Yeah, I didn't see anything Thursday. There's only a couple games. How about Friday? You see anything on Friday? I'll say this about Thursday: you don't like covering the big national TV games. The Bucks Lakers is out, and I can respect that. Same with Jazz Pelicans, but the Knicks Warriors, man, that could be a great game. I agree. That's Thursday? Yeah, actually, but I have no interest in that. That's just... I, I'm kind of kidding. We just did... I think the War- Warriors are bad, and I think the Knicks are bad. We just did the Warriors. The Knicks are not bad. The Knicks are winning <laughs> games. They, they, they just beat Boston by, like, 20 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julius Randle is the second coming of Oscar Robertson. They just beat the shit out of Boston. I like I like to think about Tibbs in the laboratory. All right. It's going to be all Randall all year. Dude, it is. It's Randall and it's R.J. Barrett. Yeah. I do want to do a Knicks game at some point. We'll have to wait for the right matchup, though. I don't think it's going to be the Warriors. We just did a Warriors game anyway. They are playing the Kings. Uh, that could be interesting, but maybe we'll, we can just like, maybe if we get time, we could watch some of the Knicks game. Listen, the Knicks-Sacramento Friday, that's on my list. What else you like? I only have six games, and that one made it. Nick Sacramento. No, that was a, that was an interesting. Nets and Heat is an interesting one. If Jimmy Butler's playing, I mean the Nuggets Suns. I don't want be good. I don't want to watch Heat until they're full strength. That's another thing. You. Like I don't want to. I don't want to watch a game that has a lot of COVID implication or players out. I'm not interested. Um, how about Dallas San Antonio on Friday? Yeah, that's a good one. Denver Phoenix. No, we just did always Denver. down. Are we, I mean, we've done Phoenix already twice. Yeah. How about Saturday, Denver Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> We're down to three on my list. Knicks Warriors. That's out. No. Anything else? I've got a weird one. Let's hear it. Sunday, Charlotte at Orlando. No, that's that's not that weird. Lamelo, I like Lamelo. We've talked about that. Haven't watched either of those games this year. Either of those Sucks teams. Fultz is out. Yeah, Fultz and Isaac. That is tough, but Orlando's still winning games. Some, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Some, and 
I feel like they're kind of on the same level, Charlotte and Orlando. They're like, who are like are these teams good yet? I'm not sure. I wouldn't hate watching a Charlotte game just to see. I haven't seen Lamelo. Any other ones stand out? No, you? I think we hit some really good ones. So I got I'm down to four here, okay. Memphis at Portland, Dallas at San Antonio, New York at Sacramento, Charlotte at Orlando. I'm gonna watch at least one of those Grizzlies Portland games. I am so curious which team in Texas is better, Dallas or San Antonio, or which one looks better and playing better right now. I could get rid of the Knicks in Sacramento. I like Deer and Fox, but outside of that, like who gives a shit? Sorry, Knicks fans. Marvin Bagley, I guess. I like Marvin Bagley. See what he can do. I feel like those teams are just kind of comparable. Mm-hmm. No, like, I agree. And what, then what and if Tibbs, Tibbs can kind of, you never know, with, against a similar team, he can. Sacramento is so young and fast. Yeah. All right, we'll hold off on a Knicks game. We'll do one, but not this week. So that's out. Let's take Charlotte Orlando out because that's Sunday and that's it's a lot of pressure trying to get you, me, and Laddie to watch that game before Monday night. Mm-hmm. If I felt more strongly about it, we'd keep it in there. So right now we're looking at Dallas, San Antonio, Memphis, Portland. I want to see the uh, bubble rematch. <laughs> Let's pick that. That will be easy. And I'm usually off work Wednesday nights. Gives us a lot of time to watch it or rewatch it. I got a feeling Dame Willard's going to light us up. Let's do Memphis, Portland. Yeah, I'm with you. It has three stars, and the Dallas San Antonio only has two stars. That's it. Pick game of the week Memphis at Portland, Wednesday. Fun stuff. A Grizz game. All right. Hey, oh. Shit. Maybe Jaron will be back soon. For Memphis, he's got to be getting. Yeah, he's he's just lazy. He just doesn't want to play. That's right. So what's next week? Anything? What do we got going on next week? A lot, nothing. You know, a lot of the same. Inauguration day is Wednesday. Oh, the night mm-hmm. of the pit game. The day of the pit game. Yeah. Interesting. Bo, I think that's it. I don't know what's going on next week. Nothing. I don't have any plans. I'll watch a pit no. game. Yeah. Continue to work. Hopefully win some more money gambling. You want to hang in there for just one more second? I'll knock out this gambling this week. Sure. And then we'll say bye-bye. Maybe I'll grab a hams. You can grab a hams if you want. And now it's time for gambling this week. Last week we did a NFL divisional games parlay. We got three out of four right, Bo. Oh, the one we didn't get was I had New Orleans beating Tampa Bay, but Tom Brady prevailed. Should have known better. Uh, We had Green Bay beating the Rams, Buffalo with the points over Baltimore and Kansas City beating Cleveland. So if you parlayed all those together and then you bet on all of them individually straight up, you would have won money. With Buffalo beating the points, you would have definitely won money. Let's see. Next week, there's only a couple of games. Tampa Bay is playing Green Bay. It's going to be cold in Green Bay. But Tom Brady knows how to play in the cold. 
But does anybody else on Tampa Bay know how to play in a cold? Green Bay is favored by three and a half. But I think whoever won the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game was going to beat Green Bay. I think Tampa's got a better defense. I'm going with Tampa Bay on the money line. That's an upset. That's an underdog bet. I'm going with Tom Brady. I like it. We're going to win money if that happens as an underdog. Better odds. And then with Buffalo at Kansas City, I'm kind of taking a wait-and-see approach. Right now, Kansas City's favored by three. But it all hinges on whether or not Mahomes can play. So if Mahomes is in, I'm all in on Kansas City. I don't know if that line moves after that information gets released. So it might be a good idea to go ahead and grab, grab Kansas City right now before it's announced. I don't think Kansas City can win without him, though. So maybe, I don't know, maybe parlay it both ways. <laughs> a Tampa Bay-Buffalo two underdog parlays might uh, might be kind of fun. That's a chance to win some good money. But, yeah, if I think Mahomes probably wins if he plays. That's really all I got for the NFL. Next week, me and Pat are going to get together, and we're going to do a Pat parlay. I'll post it on Twitter or Instagram somewhere. Not sure when it'll be, but keep your eyes open for it. It'll probably be like a five- or six-game parlay, something like that, in the NBA. Uh, it's coming this week. I'm going to make Pat gamble. I'm going to force his hand. Other teams that I'm interested in winning games, the Knicks, I'm looking at them to cover their large point spreads if they're the underdog, and Chicago, and the Nets. I think the Nets are, are about to hit a roll, and especially if Kyrie comes back anytime soon. Memphis is on a winning streak. I'd be cautious with what teams they're playing to bet on, but Memphis looks good. Who else looks good, Bo? Who would you gamble on? Man, I don't know enough about the gambling. No, what teams, I don't feel like I, what teams I have would you be comfortable with, though? Saying I, don't, I don't feel like I have a consistent edge yeah. to continue to gamble. If I was going to gamble, mm, let me see. You would just pick the Lakers in every game. I don't know. The Grizzlies are rolling. Yeah, they are. I'm trying to find teams that might be underdogs or underappreciated that you think will go out there and win games. Let's see. If you look at the ESPN standings and on their ESPN standings website, they've got win streak and point differential. Who has the worst record with the best point differential? That tells you something, doesn't it? Okay. Worst record, best oh, point look, differential. The Raptors are five and eight. Yeah. And their point differential is plus, actually plus 1.1. They've won three. Yeah, I think the Raptors are kind of getting their shit together. So uh, I would look at the Raptors just looking at, and this is right there in front of you at on ESPN.com. The Hawks, not so sure about the Mavericks, mm-mm. are six and seven. I think they, they can, I mean, they got my boy. Yeah, I'm kind of out on the Mavs right now. 
Maybe in a couple weeks, but I think they're slumping. Okay, I haven't I haven't watched, so I can't say they don't I appear like to they don't appear to be trending in a positive direction right now. And then the Nuggets, I think, are trending probably in a positive direction. We can agree on that. Probably. And then opposite of that, Oklahoma City is six and six, but they have a negative point differential of six point one points. So this might be a, a week where the OKC hits a w- little bit of a wall and they sl- fall off and lose three in a row. I would start betting against the Thunder, actually. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Thunder. Um, I'm betting against the Thunder and betting against Houston have has worked out well. And Atlanta. Atlanta keeps getting favored in all these games. I don't fucking understand why. Betting against Houston has been fun. <laughs> betting with New York, Chicago has been mm-hmm. fun. Indiana has been so-so, but Indiana's not really coming in as an underdog too often, and their team is kind of confusing right now. Indiana might be trending downwards. I think Phoenix will probably rebound after taking a couple losses here. I don't think they're overrated. I think they're good. Portland's another questionable one. But Chicago, really, that's, that's been a team that I've been watching. Winning money, gambling on. Boston, Miami, too many questions around the COVID stuff. Not messing mm-hmm. with it. Just not worth and, it. And Washington's probably out all week anyway. Yeah. All right. So, you got an idea of teams like. I, mean, I think you can bet against the Wolves pretty comfortably. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I've definitely uh, made money betting against the Wolves, but they're such an underdog that it the odds aren't great to bet against them on the other team to win like now would you throw now you being the gambling expert would you throw the wolves in on a parlay though right it's kind of like not even worth it it's like throwing the lakers in to win like betting on the wolves to lose is almost like betting on the lakers to win Mm -hmm. it's like uh you could throw it in there but it's not i don't know if it really helps you too much and then all it takes is them to just do something goofy and fuck up the whole parlay because you think it's a lock. I mean, that shit happens mm-hmm. all the time. Like that time the Jets beat the Rams. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that time, but it I was, got you. It was a throw-in bet, uh, and it was the only one we got wrong. It was like, oh, was that the one that you were like? should not have happened. Right. You had everything right, and then some bullshit happened. Yeah, like the one fucking game that should have been like the only like the easiest game to pick of the week was the one we missed that's right shit yeah so you got to be careful when you're looking at these throw-in games sometimes it's not even worth it for the risk versus reward yeah all right i'm glad you hung out for a second there yeah what will pat pick for this week the pat parlay I'm going to get them drunk and make them pick teams, pick winners. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to videotape it and put it on our new YouTube channel. There's a YouTube hey, channel. Yo. It's coming soon. I bought a computer. <laughs> we're going to start We're going to start up a YouTube channel. It's going to be fun. More to come. 
Real quick before we go, Bo, I got to send a shout out to Jacob Bouchard. Jacob, thanks for everything you do to make my life easier at work so I can do the podcast on extra days off. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Keep up the good work, friend. I'll tell you what, laddie, we missed you this week. I hope you're back next week. We need you, man. Where are you at? What are you doing? What are you wearing? Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, that's the show. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yeah.